Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from the epistle lesson, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Martin Luther writes, So our Lord God passes by the greatest and the highest might of the angels in heaven. He takes the very simplest, plainest, most unlearned, and weakest on the earth. He sets them against the highest wisdom and power of the devil in the world. These are the works of God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence those things that do not exist. In summary, it is God's nature to show His majesty and power through vanity and weakness. He Himself says to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And we have seen God work that way. When His own Son was born in a stable, when Jesus chose twelve unlearned men to be His disciples, when Jesus conquered death and hell by hanging on a cross, and even in our day, when the power of God comes to us through word and sacraments by simple means. This is the way God works. But so many times we don't see it. Because we have listened so long to the world and the temptations of the world to seek and desire power and wealth and success to be well-to-do all the things the world wants. After all, a few perks are pretty nice once in a while. What's wrong with a little influence? What's wrong with a little power? What's wrong with a little wealth? Well, nothing if they are gifts of God to you. The problem lies in how we react to them. The problem lies when we make those things the most important things in our lives. The problem lies in the fact that those things push God into the corner of our lives. The problem is when we begin to believe that because we have these things, God loves us more, and therefore we must be better. Then these things can become a problem, and we suddenly believe that because we have things, that's the way God works. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon put it this way, If none of God's saints are poor and tired, 
they should not know half so well the consolation of divine grace. When we find a wanderer who has nowhere to lay his head, who yet says, still I will trust the Lord. When we see a poor man starving on bread and water, who still glories in Jesus Christ. When we see the bereaved widow overwhelmed in affliction and yet having faith in Christ, oh, what honor it reflects on the gospel. God's grace is illustrated and magnified in the poverty and trials of believers. Saints bear up under discouragement, believing that all things work together for good, and that out of apparent evil a real blessing shall ultimately spring, that their God will either work a deliverance of them speedily or most assuredly support them in their trouble. Is that the way we look at life? Hardly. And the Apostle Paul did not either. Because when he had a thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, we don't know, he pleaded with God to take it away. He pleaded three times with God to take it away. Only he didn't get the answer he wanted. God did not take it away, but said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God promised the Apostle Paul two things. First, his grace would be sufficient so he could bear this thorn in the flesh. And number two, that through Paul's weakness, because of this thorn in the flesh, God would show his power. And so Paul changed his view. His conclusion, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. He was weak personally. He was strong in the power of God. Now, what about us? What about us in our lives? We're all here today, and we all have our weaknesses, our hardships, our calamities, our pains, our cares, our thorns in the flesh. How many times have we pleaded with God to take them away? And His answer? Well, it's no. It's no. It's not the answer we want. So we too are like Paul. So God says to us, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, makes us the same promises, and we have to take our eyes off of this world and what this world tempts us to do and believe and place them on God. For you see, God has dealt with all these things. He dealt with them by placing them on His Son. I know so many times we simply talk about Jesus taking our sins upon Him. But fact is, He took all the sorrow and all the misery and all the suffering and the illness and the death that sin brings. He took all those upon Himself. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He took all these things on Himself, shed His blood, and nailed them to the tree of the cross to die so that we would be freed from the power of these things in our lives so that we would live in the victory of Jesus Christ over all that troubles us. We live in a world where these things are going to touch our lives. We're not immune as Christians, but we are equipped. We are the baptized children of God. We are forgiven. We are heaven-bound, and God has made us the promise that His grace is always sufficient and that He will work His power in weakness. And so, when these things come upon us, we pray to God that He would deliver us. He may do so speedily, but if He doesn't, do not despair. Do not think that God has abandoned you. Do not think that God doesn't love you anymore. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He is going to give you His grace, which is always sufficient, more than sufficient for you to bear whatever you have to bear. And He also promises that He's going to show forth His power through your weakness. He may do great things in your life through you and the lives of others at your time of weakness. He will show His power and glory, and majesty. As Peter writes, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So just as God brought Paul through with his thorn in the flesh and many other hardships, life-threatening dangers to eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, he's going to do the same for you. And when you doubt that, look at the cross, because that's the way He works. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.